your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to a Wednesday of Lacrosse Talk PM, 608-785-7914. The guy just said that. That's the talking text line. Adam Murphy joining me today. He is our political blowhard, our failed <laughs> Senate candidate, our failed Democratic Senate candidate, one of a dozen. So all of them failed, really. So it, you shouldn't even feel bad anymore. I guess uh, nobody can beat Ron Johnson. And uh, he's the owner of Big Bang LLC. Did you create Big Bang LLC before the show Big Bang Theory? Who who we won? Did. You we did. did. Yep. You should be suing for rights. I think. Too bad you didn't <laughs> throw theory in in the end there. Yep. No, we were we were around uh, second in two thousand four. So you know, we had him beat up by a couple years. This would be like Michael Goulet. Uh, like patenting, let's get ready to. I don't even know if I can say the whole thing because I might get copyright issues. But right, right, right. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, um, right. but yeah, Big Bang Theory—the idea that nobody else could use that because because it's every scientist would be like, "Well, what the hell are we going to say anyway?" Kind of, kind of like um, uh, the National Football League's championship game, right? The National Football League's oh god, <laughs> I had to think or the NCAA <laughs> men's basketball uh, last four team tournament. They'll win the right, tournament. Right. It's the end. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I actually don't know the rules there because I'm writing that stuff in news articles all the time. So I don't actually you know, know how that works. Uh, I know we we we've, we've kind of we tend to go all over the place, but I'll throw this out there just because it's a, a an amusing story. We were in Las Vegas. And this is years ago, 15 years ago, and the uh, and we we're going to be out there for the Super Bowl and uh, going to a uh, Super Bowl party. I think at the the Riviera at the time, my dad had you know connections, whatever. And there were going to be professional football players and sports bets, uh, sports books set up in the, the conference hall and, and all this stuff. And like two days before the Super Bowl, the NFL sent cease and desist letters to all of the casinos in Las Vegas saying you cannot have a Super Bowl party, you cannot use the word Super Bowl, you cannot use the phrase or the term. Um, and they went after literally every one of the casinos and, and a bunch of them shut down their parties. It was um, it was interesting to see the the power that the that the NFL held and that was fifteen years ago, let alone now. So did, did you call it like super plate party or something like that? I don't know. Yeah, actually, the, so the Riviera, the Riviera basically said, "Too bad, we're still doing it." Yeah, um, do. And as did some of the others, um, but uh, but I think I, I, if I had to guess, I think probably the big dogs like you know MGM and and Harrah's or Caesars, whatever it would have been at the time, they may well have have shut them down. I feel like all um, those course, casinos could get together when the lawsuits come. They could all like, you know, pool their money money together. Because I mean, you can only throw so many lawyers at the thing. Like, eventually, you're going to hit a cap. I think, right? I think you get to the to an echelon there. And it's not like the MGM and all them places don't have money to to throw at lawyers. So uh, they right, could have yeah, they could have duked it out over Super Bowl. What a stupid thing to waste your money on, though. Jeez. Right. Well, and now we've got you know sports betting. I know this wasn't part of the topic that we we're that we we're going to talk about, but sports betting is now legal in Wisconsin. Right? It got well, legalized across the the country a couple of years ago. Well, is it legal in Wisconsin? This is a thing I've actually been railing on the last couple of weeks because Minnesota is legalizing it because Democrats are in control, and Governor Evers legalized it in a casino, I think, somewhere. 
maybe in, in the Green Bay area? Uh, yeah, so Ho-Chunk or Oneida, one of those two, but Potawatomi down here in Milwaukee uh, has announced the opening of their their sports book. Okay. Um, but, and, you have to, but you have to be uh, there to, to bet on sports. You do. Right now, I don't think that you can do it like online. Like some states, you, you can do it online. Yeah. Um, but it's but it's such a, I mean, I, I love, I, I used to really enjoy uh, sports betting. Like I said, I used to be out in Vegas yeah. regularly. And, you know, and I'm a Packers season ticket holder and, and everything goes along with it. And it's, it's uh, you know, I, it was only, I think, uh, Nevada and like Delaware were the only two states that, that, that the federal government allowed it to. So it was actually the federal government that had shut it down years ago. Mm-hmm. And it was only a couple of years ago that the Supreme Court finally came in and said, nah, you, you really can't do that. And, of course, now it's taken off, you know, Illinois and, and like you said, Minnesota and, and well, all over the place. Well, when we get to a point where I can go to a bar downtown in La Crosse and just make a – and sit in a sports book there, right? Not a sports book, but, like, the bar can just have legal sports gambling – because the idea that I can go buy a lottery ticket and that's okay, but I can't go bet on LeBron James and the Lakers. Well, not he's injured now, but Giannis and the Bucks beating you know whoever right. um, is just laughable. When we talk about hey, we should legalize marijuana. Why don't why don't we just take a step back and legalize sports gambling if we're going to legalize vices? At least one doesn't well, impair your driving. Right. It's one of those things that I think is really interesting. And and you know your your listeners uh, obviously you've got conservative and, li- and liberal listeners. I think it's a really interesting battle uh, inside of the GOP in particular because the Democrats for the most part are for it. Right? We're like, yeah, let's legalize weed, let's legalize uh, sports betting. Um, I'm a poker player, for example. Um, I would love to have online poker back, uh, and it's in some states again now, but yeah. uh, not in Wisconsin. And so if I want to play World Series of Poker online events, I have to go to Nevada or uh, now actually I could go over to Michigan if I wanted to. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's one of those, you know, freedoms, right? When we talk about our individual freedoms, where there's this disconnect, I think, with the GOP, where they don't want to legalize marijuana, they don't want to legalize gaming, right? So the, the, the sin taxes, if you will, mm-hmm. um, although alcohol, obviously, especially here in Wisconsin, is, is huge. Um, but I, I do, I find that to just be such a really interesting disconnect um, in, in, the, in the conservative or the GOP, again, not, not necessarily conservative, really the GOP. And it's really just all about power is, is what it comes down to for them. Um, yeah, I don't, but, yeah, I don't understand it because it, it would bring in a bunch of tax revenue, legalized gambling, yep. legalized marijuana. And you can't say, uh-uh, that's not a Repo- it's not a Republican. You're, like, you're picking out Republicans. Just go to my state in Minnesota. We're, we're legalizing marijuana and gambling right now because Democrats flipped the Senate. The Senate last year, last year was the the one entity that said no to marijuana, no to sports gambling. Whenever you asked a, a, a Republican in the state about those, they would be like, "Well, we're really focusing on priorities like the economy and fixing the roads." And they would just like, "You can't walk and chew gum at the same time. You can't. You what? You can't fix the roads and also legalize gambling, which would then help fix the roads." Right. Right. How about have some additional revenue? Um, last year. So Illinois legalized marijuana a couple of years ago, including recreational, uh, and Michigan did just recently. Uh, and so last year, Michigan and Illinois brought in over $600 million in tax revenue um, just associated with, with marijuana sales. Um, Colorado is upwards of uh, 2 or $3 billion, which has gone towards schools for the most part. Um, each state kind of 
most states have target like that specifically at um, things like schools as well as um, well, recovery programs, uh, drug and alcohol related programs, crime prevention programs. Well, how does how does right? legalized so they, marijuana work or legalized? How does legalized sports gambling work when it goes to just a couple of casinos in Wisconsin? Do the casinos only reap the benefits, or do you? Maybe you don't know because we're just doing this off the cuff. Um, or is there some kind of deal like, hey, all the revenue you get from your sports gambling, like eight percent of that goes to the state or something like that? I don't know. I I would assume so. Like with Potawatomi, there's a, a and and actually all I think there's. Uh, like 11 casinos here in the country or in the state. Um, and so all of the ones um, that have, so they have a gambling compact and it's a portion of total revenue. Uh, and I don't even think it's, I, I could be wrong on this one, somebody can correct me. I don't think it's a portion of winnings. I think it's actually a portion of, of gam- amount gambled. Um, but again, I, I could be wrong on that. But Potawatomi, it's, it's, not, it's not an insignificant amount of money. It's something like you know, 40, 50, 60 million dollars a, a, a year. Maybe even more. Obviously, COVID kind of messed with things for a couple of years for them, um, but they're bouncing back. Um, so I would assume that it's probably just been added in. And, and again, here I'm guessing that it's just added into the total amount that it's not specific to sports betting. I know um, sometimes there wind up being some some weird um, restrictions, like uh, in Wisconsin, for example, we might not be able to bet on the Badgers right, on the UW team. Yeah, I want to say there was a you could bet on pro sports, you couldn't bet on college sports. It was something right. like that, right? Um, and there was things like um, out in Las Vegas uh, at the time, Caesars, uh, and, and again, this is a few years ago, so I don't know if it's still the case, but Caesars was a partial owner in one of the NBA teams. I think it was the Boston Celtics, and so you could actually not bet on the Boston Celtics inside of Caesars casinos. Because they were a partial owner, right? Um, so there's there's things like that that, that well, happen. That, uh, that gets me to a story. That, that gets me to a story I saw on the wire, and we got to go take a break here. But uh, uh, let me get her name right: Janet Protasewicz, the Republican mm-hmm. or the Democrat. I'll just call her a Democrat, running for Wisconsin Supreme Court. Uh, yeah. She is. Uh, let's see here. She said she would not hear cases brought by the Wisconsin Democratic Party because the party has donated millions to her campaign. And uh, the the Republican Dan Kelly in the race has yet to say that if he would do the same. So she's going to abstain from something like perhaps a gerrymandering. But we can dive into that when we come back. Uh, I got to take a break. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four is the talk text line. Adam Murphy joining us. If you have questions, you want to throw some political. I don't know. I, it doesn't even have to be political. If you just want to throw him some life questions, we could do life advice with with Adam Murphy. He's also running political, a cold economics. Yeah, yep. and and you also have a cold, so you're on this like mixture of day. You're on the day Nyquil mixture, and I I feel like anytime I do that, man, when I take Nyquil, the, the, I don't usually remember dreams in general, but I wake up going, whoa, what was that? <laughs> like I just yeah. the, the sleep is weird. Yeah, I slept in the spare bedroom last night to, so that my wife could sleep, and, and I did not get a whole lot of sleep. So yeah. I, I apologize if anything I, uh, I say comes out is absolutely ridiculous. Today. Well, and then <laughs> then everybody that disagrees with you will use that as an excuse, or you'll use that as an excuse, and then vice versa. Um, we were talking about we were talking about taxes somehow, and I don't know how. And there was a segue here where. I just I, I wanted I kind of want to talk about it real quick is is Robin Voss <laughs> is the Assembly Speaker, so he's the head Republican in the state. I guess he's probably the longest tenured, uh, most powerful Republican in the state. 
and and he he was in charge of hiring right the 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 former Supreme Court judge that investigated the 2020 election and then he fired him. But it's going to cost taxpayers. The news came out uh, today. It's going to cost taxpayers another hundred and seventy hundred thirty six thousand dollars. <laughs> Because yep. we lost yeah. another lawsuit into this probe looking at the 2020 election. Um, it's weird. Like, th- is there an insurance policy? I want I always bring this up, and I know you don't know the answer either, but do, does the state have an insurance policy for rogue uh, legislators who who do something, you know, for, for politics? And then they, because it says Robin Voss will have to pay another $136,000. I'm like, Robin Voss isn't paying that. The state's paying that. Right, right. Yeah, I, I, yeah. It would be lovely if Robin Voss actually had to pay it. I would love to see the, you know, the the option of really holding he'd be, uh, people he'd, accountable. He'd have to sell office. his popcorn business, I think. Right, right, right. Um, but the most likely scenario, when you get into certainly most municipalities, and I would suspect that the state is this way as well, is that they're self-insured, um, and so there's some level of insurance. Uh, you know, that goes along to, to cover this sort of thing. But it's paid for by taxpayers. It's a, um, a Wisconsin-based, um, you know, it's a, it's a Wisconsin fund. Um, I don't think that we've got, like, you know, Aetna as, a, uh, you know, an insurance company for the state. And I, and I could be wrong, but I know, you know, when you get into you like, pay the lawyers. Northwestern Mutual, and so they were totally self-insured for all of their stuff. So I would suspect that it's coming out of the taxpayer's pocket at the end of the day. Yeah, the the lawsuits when the lawsuits are are finalized, but to get the lawsuits, you got to fire, you got to hire the lawyers, and we all know what that costs. And it's always funny because the, they're dueling lawyers. So this is always my joke: is uh, our our state our state government, or not even state, just government in general. It's just a Ponzi scheme to get dueling lawyers to uh, make a bunch of money while they they battle frivolous lawsuits. That you know, like, hey, I'll sue you for this, but over here, you sue me for that, and our lawyers will make a big, big chunk of change, and then they'll donate to us. And and then they're all buddies at the bar afterwards with the uh, with the judges. Um, you know, the both the both the civil side as well as the criminal side. There's some um, the relationships that exist can be. Don't let the Nyquil get you. Don't let the Nyquil Nyquil get you fired here. Right, right. Yeah, I don't want to get in too much <laughs> or, or get you but, in trouble. Uh, I guess you can't get fired. Yeah, yeah. I'm already, I already got fired. I, I never <laughs> even got the job. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but yeah, two and a half million dollars is uh, how much the the Gableman probe has cost Wisconsin now. Um, and, and I don't really even know what what we came what what the, what the conclusion was. Besides, we fired the guy after he, you know, there's a, a after he kind of like supported Robin Voss's opponent. I think we fired him right before that, but it was kind of funny. Yeah, and he came out, and you know, his conclusion was that there was, you know, fraud and, and what have you, and there was none. There's zero indication, and that's why you know Fox News is being sued for 1.6 billion dollars right now, and is probably going to lose. Um, there was no election fraud; um, it just did not happen. And so, yeah, the fact that Wisconsin taxpayers have paid two and a half million dollars for this—I <clears throat> won't say an, an additional word about Mr. Gableman, but um, clearly, it was just. Um, it, it, it was it was an awful decision. It was awful politics. It was awful business, and it was terrible for Wisconsin listening, uh, taxpayers. Listening to uh, or and reading about the Fox News thing is kind of funny because I, I heard some legal experts say like 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 people that teach this stuff. They go, we we would never use the Fox um, what is it Dominion voting system case in a as a teachable thing because. 
it's too easy. There's not even like a path out of this for Fox because there's all these text messages that just literally say that they're doing the thing. (laughs) So like, yeah, it's too easy. Like it wouldn't even be interesting as a teaching uh, thing, even though like the, the ramifications of what Fox news has been doing are, are clearly like devastating, but you can't even use it as a, as a teaching case because it's too easy. No, and and they've got there's another one for three point two or three point six billion from one of the other companies. And I'll, I'll throw this out: your question about the state being insured is really interesting for the Fox News uh, um, case because the question becomes most likely Fox News has insurance that's designed to cover this. Sure. And so, really, will Fox News actually wind up being impacted at all, or will it simply be their insurance company? I mean, obviously, their insurance rates above. But will it just be their insurance company that winds up paying out two, three, four, five billion dollars uh, because you know they just pathetically lied to the public? Can we just talk about how insurance companies are able to pay two, three, four, five billion dollars? <laughs> like, <this>. well, <laughs> I, I I can certainly get to it. Like I said, my wife was at Northwestern Mutual. It's one of the biggest ones around, right? Hundred and fifty, hundred and sixty years, um, and they've got uh, they hit over a trillion dollars in assets. 10 or 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's land, it's property, it's money, it's investments. It, it, you know, the list goes on and on and on. Um, it's, uh, uh, you know, it's a heck of a business to, to be in if you're good at it. Um, and, uh, but they can also make mistakes. And uh, a quick example, and I know we're getting way off topic, but... We don't have a topic. Um, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, we, yeah, we don't have topics specifically. So um, one of the, so health insurance, life insurance, uh, disability insurance, right? Those are all kind of common. One of the things that's become a little bit more common in recent years is long-term care. So when you're going to be into a nursing home, you've you've got you know coverage. And in Wisconsin, one of the things that's on the book um, is if you have long-term care insurance, then the amount of insurance that you have. So say you've got three hundred thousand dollars in insurance, the amount of insurance that you have, you can protect that amount of assets for your heirs. Otherwise, if you were to go into uh, Medicaid, uh, you know, as a nursing home, Medicaid takes all of your assets down to $2,000. So you don't really get to pass anything along. But if you have long-term care insurance, you can protect a portion of it, still be able to be covered when you're in the nursing home, and then pass some of your, your, you know, your home or onto your kids. Um, Well, Northwestern Mutual got into that business, I'm going to say maybe 10 or 15 years ago. And my wife and I were of the age where it made sense to buy then because we were 40 and we want to be able to plan ahead for when we're 70 or 80, um, you know, put that money aside. Well, they did it for a few years. And then about five years into it, they realized as health care costs were going up and as nursing care costs were going up, and we've all heard about that on the news, um, that they were not charging nearly enough. Um, and some of our contracts were already locked in, and we're like, nope, sorry, too bad. Right. Um, but others, they, they changed, and, and we had, I know one of our policies for that in particular, it wound up going up like 25% or something, because, you know, the math just wasn't there for them to be able to cover what it was going to cost in the future, which is, I, I, you know, we've talked uh, over time about things like Social Security and stuff like that. I think it's, a, it's an interesting component as people live longer, um, and how are we going to take care of everybody? Yeah, um, th- yeah. The insurance company sometimes mess up, and we got to go to break. But wh- I think what you flew over there was something about you go on Medicaid and they take all but two thousand dollars of your assets. And I was yep. like, wait, what? <laughs> and I don't even know. Okay, I, I don't know if yeah, I we'll understand that. Uh, but we'll, 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 when we come back, we'll maybe talk about how uh, we need universal health care.
All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. Adam Murphy on with me. He's our he's our political blowhard now that he's a failed Senate candidate. Candidate? Are you going to run for Senate again in like five, six years or whatever it is? Oh, God, I haven't even decided what I'm going to do. <laughs> <laughs> is it is it we'll, is the we'll, best way to we'll do see. is the best way to do something like that is like start at city council then go to county board and then go to I don't even know what the next step would would you, would you have to go to win some kind of statewide race or work in in the in the state government somewhere I don't know I just Do you, do you know I don't know cuz I failed um, right. well, so, <laughs> but so for some people that's very much the route uh, for others, right, you become president the first time that you run for office. Right. I guess um, get a TV show, be on national TV, running a, a right, like a, right. yeah, do do it that way. I mean, but that's I, I, hard, too. I think the normal, <laughs> I think one of the challenges that I had um, uh, to, to kind of address your, your question about, like, when you go back and you look at Obama, uh, Obama did the city council, the, the I think he was a state assembly or state senate and then it became a u.s senator and, and the president right so there is kind of oftentimes this the standard path and and i didn't follow that right I, I got into politics late um and um and and maybe jumped a little bit too high but but that's okay um but one of the challenges i think for that level right u.s senate level in particular is the the party itself um i wasn't well known amongst Democratic voters. Um, and and you, uh, when we were just off the air, we were talking about lacrosse's uh, turnout during the, the primary. Right? Yep. It was 24% versus 16%, I think you said, for the state. Yeah, I think the, the state, turnout, state was 16 or 18, and which was a record. So, like, yeah. in lacrosse, yeah. we, we blew that record out of the water. Absolutely. And that's one of the really big challenges. One of the things I... Uh, I don't have a necessarily a better solution, but with primaries, because turnout's so low, like you said, 16 18%, even 24%, right, being really high, it means that the people that are voting, whether Democrat or Republican, the people that are voting in the, in the partisan primaries are the most dedicated voters, are the most partisan oftentimes, right? That's mm-hmm. part of the reason that we've seen so many, um, like, Trump-supported candidates make it through, because the MAGA crowd has, has become really energized in the last several years that wasn't necessarily before. Um, and same thing on the Democratic side, some of the more progressive, some of the hardest core liberal. Um, again, you've got people that are, are really passionate. And those are the people that come out in the primaries. And so one of the challenges for me with the, the U.S. Senate race was because I'm not a Democratic name, I'm, I have not been part of the Democratic Party, I don't know all the Democratic county uh, executives and, and that sort of thing, um, I'm not the one... Who, who they're going to vote for. Mandela Barnes was the biggest name in our U.S. Senate race from the Democratic side of the right. And he was the lieutenant governor. There were plenty of people who had no idea who Mandela Barnes was. Yeah, until you, but, until you learn he was lieutenant governor. It, it just reminds right. me, and I've got to throw this out there before I forget, when Mandela Barnes decided to run for Senate, he gives up his seat for lieutenant governor, right? And there's this, this so Adam, you did it wrong. You ran for Senate. But you should have ran for lieutenant governor because you, lieutenant governor. because you slide into this race that nobody really knows what the the lieutenant governor like we wouldn't even, we honestly do we even need one I don't even know um, but you slide into this race that nobody really knows I don't know if you I, I doubt you were going to beat uh, was it Sarah Rodriguez I think that's her name Sarah so maybe Rodriguez. it was a le- yeah. losing cause for you anyway 
but but you you are, you're automatically propelled into a you've won a statewide race. You've won a yep. race that you you kind of don't really have any responsibilities. Nobody's nobody's pointing a finger at you and, and saying you screwed up. Um, I'm not saying you don't have responsibilities, but in terms of getting blamed for anything, nobody's blaming Mandela Barnes or Sarah Rodriguez for anything, right? Uh, but you're automatically propelled to this to this upper echelon, and then the, and now Sarah Rodriguez she can run for whatever she wants. Absolutely, and that's what Sarah Godlewski did. Sarah Godlewski went after the state treasurer position really hard in 2018, right? Uh, She spent $300,000 of her own money, uh, raised another $400,000, which was just a ridiculous amount of money for the state treasurer. Her Republican opponent, so she spent $740,000, I think was the number. Her Republican opponent for state treasurer spent (laughs) $12,000. So she outspent them like 54 to 1. And she won that very, I, I would suspect, with the anticipation of it being that kind of springboard position, because now she's won a statewide race. Um, now, obviously, she didn't make it into the primary, Mandela Barnes did, um, but she had one of those roles that you're talking about. And, and I think you're, you're, you're absolutely right. And it's, it's a standard way to do it. I did not choose to, to go the standard route. Um, and so now I'm on the radio with you, right? Uh, you got to uh, – <laughs> maybe you need to run for state treasurer. I don't know. I guess you know what Sarah Gadluski can go. Look, I spent you know eight hundred grand on the state treasurer's race. Look at how good I'm at at treasury. This guy's only spending twelve grand. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's only got twelve grand. So like, there's right. there's a window there. Um, yeah. There's a story on the AP Wire. It's on our website right now, wisdomnews.com. Wisconsin Republicans push tighter budget, downplay the seven billion dollar budget surplus. I don't. What is the game here? Because. Uh, uh, Assembly Speaker Robin Voss cautioned that much of the state's projected budget surplus, $7 billion, is one-time money that said shouldn't be used to fund new programs or ongoing expenses. This is something we've talked about. Um, yep. But but part of Evers' plan is to, I don't even know, This is, is this, I, I'm learning as I go here, budget surplus versus Evers' plan to fund municipalities with, what, a 0.1% or one cent on every uh, every dollar of sales tax money or something like that, right? Um, those are two different things, right? Budget surplus and then the Evers Evers plan to spe- to to boost municipality funding, right? Absolutely, right. So the the seven billion dollar is um, specific to the state income or state revenue budget, right? Uh, and we were talking a little bit the the state the overall state budget is a little over fifty billion dollars, but the the state controlled portion, of it, right? So that's um, schools and that's municipalities, but the state controlled is about $20 billion. Yeah, And that's about what they bring in in revenue. And so this $7 billion, <clears throat> I was looking at it a little bit because it's jumped from you know 6.4 or whatever it was. And some of that jump has been a couple things where there was a, a tax that was going to get eliminated and didn't, so it's still in there. Um, some of it is federal money, uh, in particular associated with things like Medicaid and uh, uh, for, for state health care and Badger care. You know, I keep, so, I keep yelling... Whoever I bring on here, I want just a pie chart of the like. Draw the circle. It's seven point one billion dollars, and then pie chart it out. Like, where does is there? Do you even know that off the top of your head? Where does the big chunk of because you you I've argued with yep. you uh, in text messages. Where does the seven billion dollars come from? Nobody can explain sure. it to me, but politicians use it to their advantage <clears throat> to, to just talk about it generally. Now here's here's the big jump. If we look at twenty nineteen versus twenty twenty two. Um, so, scrap the COVID years in between. Um, in 2019, Wisconsin state revenue was 17.3 billion. In 2022, it was 20.55 billion. So it went up by 18 and a half percent. So that's 
when I talk state revenue, I'm not talking about school taxes and local property taxes and stuff. I'm talking about um, just money that goes specifically to the state, and it mostly comes. Um, so here's here's kind of the breakdown. Um, Nine point two billion dollars this past year was from individual income taxes, and that's only up two percent. So when we look at 2019, it was nine billion. We went from nine to nine point two. Yeah. So that's telling us that. We're not, first of all, we didn't raise people's taxes, right? So this is individual income. And we're, um, people are back to work, and they're back to work at a level above where we were in 2019. Yep. Okay, so that's, but just barely. So, but here's the two big jumps. Corporate income tax. So corporate income tax in Wisconsin is 7.9% of profit. Um, and, and, of course, then you get into depreciations and all sorts of things, but 7.9% of profit. In 2019... Corporate income tax was $1.3 billion. In 2022, it was almost $3 billion. It went up 120%. We didn't change the corporate tax rates. Corporations went from making a profit of $17 billion, just here in Wisconsin, $17 billion in 2019, to $37.5 billion in 2022. So when you talk about inflation, and, and I've said this before, when we talk about inflation and, and stuff like that and, and the economy, the economy is doing incredibly well. Corporations increased their profits from 2019 to 2022 in Wisconsin by 120%. Here's the other big chunk. Sales tax. Sales tax in Wisconsin represents almost $6 billion. It was $5.7 billion back in 2019, and it was $7 billion in 2022. So one point, almost $1.3 billion more. Mm-hmm. So that's really all the big chunks. And what that is, is, okay, people aren't necessarily making more, but they were definitely spending more. Plus, we had, um, you know, federal money and stuff that came in, so, so some of it was that. But most of that is corporations buying stuff, because sales tax is not just us. We, we tend to think of it's, you know, it's the 5% that we're, we're yep. paying when we, you know. But corporations pay it on everything that they buy that's retail as well. So most of our increase, and like I said, it's almost $1.3 billion just in sales tax, came from, most likely, corporations because they're making so much more money than they were before. And those are the big chunks. Um, excise taxes didn't change, so that's like cigarettes and gas and stuff like that, alcohol, um, uh, and the others are public utilities insurance. So you can actually go to the Wisconsin Department of Revenue's history and actually get your pie chart. You can actually see well, exactly what it is. And the, I had an economist on last week, I think, and he sent me that. PDF, but it was 62 pages, and I didn't. Yeah. There was too many charts, so I didn't want to. Here's just, one of the things <laughs> I thought was just really interesting with this. When we look at 2022, corporate income now or corporate income taxes now makes up a little bit over 14.4 percent of the state revenue. If I jump back to 2019, sorry, let me scroll down here. See, he's looking at the PDF right now, people. That's what he's doing. I'm, I'm, I'm actually, uh, <laughs> I'm on the Department of Revenue website. So right. You can go to uh, revenue.wi.gov and do tax collection history, and it will give you all the information. Well, exactly and while you're doing that, I'll filibuster because uh, when we talk about uh, using the changing the system, so we wouldn't have a seven billion dollar budget surplus the next time around. Uh, Governor Evers wants to use part of the sales tax money to fund municipalities, to fund police, to yep. fund fire, to fund libraries. But Voss said Republicans would tie more funding for local governments to requirements on how it could be spent. So uh, it's it, it's interesting that hey, we're gonna we're gonna allow we're gonna allow you we're gonna fund you a little bit more, but we're we're also gonna control how you use that funding. Right. Um, so uh, 
quick on the corporate income tax, it's literally doubled. It used to be 7.7% of the budget. It's now 14.8% of the budget. So that's in the, in the last the three years, huh? Um, but the, so the, the 0.1% sales tax for municipalities, this is one of those where the GOP has been refusing for a long time to allow municipalities to add their own sales tax. Right? There's a couple. Um, Milwaukee County has one, for example. And, and we tried it. We tried it a couple years ago. Um, right. Um, but they are. They're putting all these requirements and restrictions on. But at the same time, they have cut how much money they're giving to municipalities based on the, the state-shared revenue. And so they've taken money away from schools. They've taken money away from the university system. They've taken money away from um, local municipalities. And they've said, nope, you can't actually raise taxes. You can't actually increase money. Oh, but we still expect you to do the same things that you were doing before. Um, that's their idea of fiscal responsibility, and it's kind of ridiculous. All right, got to take one more break. We'll continue. We'll wrap up with Adam Murphy. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. Wrapping up here with Big Big Bang. I was going to say Big Blowhard. <laughs> <laughs> big Bang Blowhard. Adam Murphy. Um, we so we we fi- finally I think I think after talking to to so many people and you as well, just the 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 pie chart of where we get a budget surplus has has come from corporate profits. When we talk about inflation, does inflation is it the same term? When it's just corporate profits, like my stuff, my stuff is more expensive, but it's not more expensive for any other reason than corporations are making, what'd you say, like 110, 120% more than they did three years ago? Yep. Yep. 120% profits, profit growth, which is huge. Um, and so, yeah, inflation is a huge part of that. Right? We've talked about, uh, you know, in the past Exxon. Uh, $70 billion in, in profits or whatever it was, $40 billion, I forget the number. But is that, that inflation or is that just corporate greed? Or the, the, is, that the, is, is inflation it's just the a, same thing. a code word for corporate greed? I mean, inflation uh, could be other things too, but it seems like in this case it's just corporate corporations so, making bank. Some of, it abs- some of it absolutely is, right? And, and economists use the term inflation differently than we think of inflation as, as normal everyday people, right? Eggs became twice as expensive. Okay, that's inflation. Well, it's actually not inflation. It's prices going up because there was a problem with bird flu and yada, 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 and prices have come back down. Right? So those are different, whereas the long-term inflation that we're seeing uh, or that we've seen over these last couple of years, these are prices that are not going to come down. Gas prices went up, gas prices came down. That's always going to vary. But... Um, you know, we're not going to see um, car prices come down dramatically. They've come down, right? but, but we're not going to see a, a massive jump. Um, but, yes, corporate profit is absolutely part of this. Uh, and I've used Exxon as, as the example. In 2020, during COVID, the fourth quarter, they lost, Exxon lost $20 billion. That's how big of a hit they took because of uh, the shutdowns and people yep. not driving and, and everything else. $20 billion. That's a lot of money. Well, that's that's All where right. I get at. Like the uh, during the pandemic, a lot of these corporations like Exxon took this loss, and you know when you and I take a loss during a pandemic because I lost my job, I got to figure it out. You know, hopefully you had your rainy day fund, and and for corporations, <laughs> they don't figure it out. They don't have a rainy day fund. They just double the double the expenses on on you and I the the couple of years down the road, which is what's happening right now. Right, they're making up for those losses by by just Absolutely. charging us more. And this is the concern, and I want to take this back to the budget for Wisconsin. This is one of the concerns, and I think this is a legitimate comment from the GOP uh, and, and Democrats, of is this a one-time thing or is this a long-term thing? Well, what I can tell you looking at the data is, is that 
the, the corporate profits, this has been now two years of really large growth. Um, so that starts to nudge into long term. Um, so we might be in a scenario where, yes, some of this is one time, some of this is federal money coming to us. Um, let's take advantage of those sorts of things, and we've talked about it. But my, my guess is that some of this is long term and that we will see Wisconsin businesses continue to be really profitable. And that's where growth comes from. So I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, but how do we accommodate inflation? How do we accommodate the needs of, of, of the Wisconsin you know, citizens? Um, that we becomes just, the next question. We've got we to gotta go back to the movie, What About Bob? We've got to do baby steps. We can't change the <laughs> yep. game. We can't change the system of, of how we, we get a, a budget surplus in Wisconsin too badly. That's Adam Murphy, our political blowhard. Thanks a lot, Adam. Appreciate it. I appreciate it as always. Take care, Rick. All right, uh, school board member candidate tomorrow.